everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to get things started. Why don't you get things started? Think we'll be entertained tonight? I will. I brought a book. <laughs> Welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Zabe, the host of the show, and I am excited to be back with our third format of the show that we have recently added to the podcast. It's a short version of the podcast that we can release in between regular episodes of the show and the home games, where it's just the listeners versus the podcast to see how many points you can get. No prizes or ranks, just a quick minigame to satisfy that nostalgic itch for the pop culture of Generation X. We will also use this time to solve power struggles from previous episodes, as well as giving you a chance to help save Gen X from being forgotten in a special guest host segment of the show. To refresh your memory, here's the power struggle we are going to solve at the end of the episode. Smell the coffee, you fossil. <laughs> My mistake. I thought since you looked like Yoda, you were also wise. You Jackson? You look like a Jackson. That will make you Frank Dux. No, no, no. It's Dukes. Gotcha. Like put up your Dukes, right? Remember where these five Gen X clips are from? Stay tuned to hear the answers at the end of the show. But for now, let's get right to the game that we call Who Will Save Generation X? Challenging Stage. Here's how the game works. We will have three fast-paced rounds of games to play and score points. In round three, we have a special guest host take over the show to quiz me for five questions. If you can get more correct than I can, then you are invited to use our website voicemail system to mock me endlessly. Don't call me stupid. Right! To call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people! Or better yet, use that voicemail to call in and take over as host for a moment and ask me some trivia questions that we can use on an upcoming episode. Just go to our website and click on that blue microphone icon and leave us some trivia questions. It's 100% free to use and it can be accessed from any device that has an internet connection and a microphone. We would love to hear your voice on the show. So let's get going and save Generation X from being forgotten. Round 1 Round one is a game we call... Tag. Taglines Blown Through My Mind is a game where I'll give you the tagline or slogan of a popular Gen X movie, and you need to tell me which movie the tagline is from. A good movie tagline should give you a quick glimpse of the plot or some insight to the movie, and that should give you the clues that you need to figure out each movie here. There are three movies to name in this game, one from the 70s, one from the 80s, and one from the 90s. I'll give you a few clues to help you out before I say the tagline and give you a hint after I read it. 
Each correct answer is worth two points if you get it right after I read the tagline, but only one point if you need the hint to get it correct. Good luck. For our 70s movie today, the release date was 1976. IMDb calls this a sports drama movie. For two points right now, the tagline is, His whole life was a million to one shot. His whole life was a million to one shot. Two points if you know it. Your hint to score one point is, actors in this movie include Burt Young, Burgess Meredith, and Carl Weathers. You think about that one right now, and then I'll read the next two and circle back with all the answers. The next tagline is from a 1995 film, so it's on the far end of our Gen X pop culture line, and the judges think we should claim this movie as ours. IMDb calls this a crime drama mystery movie. For two points, the tagline is, five criminals... One lineup, no coincidences. Five criminals, one lineup, no coincidences. Here is your one-point hint. It stars Stephen Baldwin in the only good Gen X movie that Stephen Baldwin has ever been in. And finally, for our 80s movie today, it came out in 1984. IMDb says this movie fits into the genre of comedy crime music movie. For two points, the tagline is... Movie? What movie? Movie? Question mark. What movie? Question mark. Here is your one-point hint. It's the only Gen X movie where you can find a croissant, souffle, escargot, chocolate mousse, and latrine in the same scene. I know. It, it all sounds like some bad movie. Let's now go to the answers. Number one, his whole life was a million-to-one shot. That's from the 1976 movie, Rocky. Apollo Creed meets the Italian Stallion. (laughs) Sounds like a damn monster movie. We were going to give the hint that the star of the film could be seen beating his meat on TV in the movie, but we thought that sounded a little too crude to be on this family podcast, so we left that part out. Good thing we didn't say that one. Tagline number two was, five criminals, one lineup, no coincidences. The correct answer is, the usual suspects. Benicio Del Toro is also in this movie and steals every scene that he's in. His character mumbles so much that I don't think we need to bleep any part of his dialogue from this clip right here. Number three, step forward. How many keys, you cocksucker? In English, please. Excuse me. In English. How many fucking keys, you cocksucker? What the fuck? <laughs> number four, step forward. And finally, tagline number three, movie, what movie? The correct answer is the Val Kilmer classic comedy, Top Secret. Over there, croissant, souffle, escargot, and chocolate mousse. Mm. (laughs) Round two. Round two of this episode is our spotlight trivia round. We will dive into one Gen X topic to quiz you on. Each complete correct answer is worth two points if you know it outright. But if you need the hint or multiple choice, then it is worth one point. I'll ask the questions and then circle back with the answers at the end of the round. Good luck. The spotlight topic for this episode is... It's the Muppet Show with our very special guest star, Mr. Steve Martin. The origin of the Muppets themselves can be traced back as far as the 50s. They were created by famous puppeteer, the late, great Jim Henson, who originally created a set of abstract puppets for a short-form television series called Salmon Friends in 1955. 
The success of the series inspired Jim to expand on the concept into his very own variety show in the vein of series like Saturday Night Live, but with puppets. Though it would be a few decades until The Muppet Show actually premiered, they quickly became a household name due to their off-kilter zaniness and universal appeal. The Muppet Show introduced a generation of kids to absurdist humor, and The Muppet Show helped reshape comedy forever, especially for us Gen Xers. So, it's time to play the music, it's time to light the lights, it's time for some trivia about The Muppet Show tonight. Question number one. If you know Jim Henson's name, then you might know him best for two things, The Muppets and Sesame Street. But which show came out first? Your question is, what year did The Muppet Show debut on PBS? Two points if you know it right now, but for one point, here's your multiple choice options. Is it A, 1979? B, 1976? C, 1973? Or is it D, 1968? Question number two. Statler and Waldorf are the two elderly and grumpy gentlemen who constantly heckle the Muppets from the audience. On which show did Statler and Waldorf make their first appearance? Give me the name of the show right now and score two points. But if you need the multiple choice option for one point, here they are now. Is it A, The Muppet Show? Duh. B, Sesame Street? C, The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson? D, a Muppets pilot special called Boomer Muppets Are Gonna Boomer? Or is it E, a Muppets pilot special called The Muppets Show Sex and Violence? Question number three. One of the things that kept The Muppets Show so fresh every episode was their wide range of guest stars to appear on the show. Which of the following celebrities was not on an episode of The Muppet Show? We're looking for the one that did not appear as a special guest on The Muppet Show. Is it A, Richard Pryor? B, Jim Neighbors? C, Loretta Lynn? D, Liza Minnelli? Or is it E, Liberace? This might be the first time those five names have all been on the same list at the same time. But if you can name that celebrity right now, it will score you two points. But here's the hint to score only one point. No cheating. Your hint is... This celebrity has six albums certified either gold or platinum on record sales in the United States and a life-size bronze statue of them in Peoria, Illinois. Question number four. The character of Gonzo has been considered to be of various origins over the years, but we do know that Gonzo is infatuated with what type of creature? What type of creature gets Gonzo going is what we're asking. Two points if you know this type of creature right now. But to honor the educational roots of the Muppets from which they came, here is your one-point multiple-choice options alphabet style. Is it A is for anteaters? B is for bears? C is for chickens? D is for dogs? Or is it option Z is for zaddies? If you don't know what option Z is slang for these days, then go ask your kids. It'll be a fun conversation for you. And finally... Question number five. And our last question of this Spotlight Trivia Round is, Rainbow Connection was the Academy Award-nominated song from the Muppet movie and the song that most people might think of when they consider the Muppets. It was only performed one time on The Muppet Show, and it was a duet. Your question is, who sang a duet of Rainbow Connection on The Muppet Show? Name these two people or characters right now to score two points, but here are the multiple-choice options for one point. Is it A, 
Kermit and Debbie Harry from Blondie backstage at the show. B. Kermit and Miss Piggy singing in a rowboat. C. Kermit and John Denver from inside a giant snow globe. D. Kermit and Chris Christopherson as part of a skit that involves a funeral, a wedding, and Kermit time-traveling to the year 1999? Or is it E, the Swedish chef and beaker? Now that you had a little time to think about the questions, here are the answers. Question one was, what year did The Muppet Show debut on PBS? The Muppet Show came out in option B, 1976. Jim Henson was also the creator of Sesame Street, which is populated by many of his puppet creations like Big Bird and Cookie Monster. However, Sesame Street premiered several years before The Muppet Show as it first appeared on PBS in 1969. 69, dudes! On which show did Statler and Waldorf make their first appearance? Believe it or not, they first appeared in the Muppets pilot TV special that aired on March 19th, 1975. The name of the special was called The Muppet Show Sex and Violence. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the end of sex and violence on television. Ladies and gentlemen, it's The Muppet Show. The titles of the sketches on the show included Male Birds Try to Attract Females in a Jazzy Sketch, The Electric Mayhem Sing Love You to Death, and The Seven Deadly Sins Pageant. After the show was taped, the network suggested several changes and expressed its concern over Henson's proposed title, but Henson insisted that the title remain. He later said, quote, The special's title was a humorous hook. While the show depicted some of the current attitudes towards sex and violence, our purpose was to poke fun at them. J.P. Morgan? J.P. Morgan? Fifteen seconds to curtain, Miss Morgan! Oh, Scooter, I have a little present for you. Oh, gee, thanks! Hey, this is a... It's not going to be just another cute puppet show. It's no wonder why Gen Xers ended up the way we did with this kind of children's programming. We're in your debt, Jim Henson. What celebrity was not a special guest on an episode of The Muppet Show? Liza Minnelli was a guest star on episode 414. Good old Gomer Pyle himself, Jim Neighbors, was on episode 106. Shazam! Loretta Lynn hosted episode 308, and her younger sister, Crystal Gale, was also a guest on The Muppet Show. Liberace has six gold albums but he does not have a life-size statue in Peoria, Illinois. So that means Richard Pryor, option A, is the correct answer. Richard Pryor was on Sesame Street several times. He had cameos in the Muppet movies and was scheduled to be a guest on The Muppet Show, but he could not make it because, uh, because, well, he was uh, busy doing other things. When he canceled at the last minute, Jim Henson pushed show writer Chris Langham in front of the camera as an improvised guest. Can you imagine just being a writer on a show and then suddenly the creator of the show says, hey, you, you're going to be the next guest. Get up there. Question four. Gonzo is infatuated with what type of character? The correct answer is C for chickens. An episode of The Muppet Show was supposed to feature live chickens trained to dance. When it came time to film, they did not cooperate. The Muppeteer in charge of Gonzo ad-libbed, saying... Okay, uh, don't call us. We'll call you. Nice legs, though. Gonzo has been portrayed as having a thing for chickens ever since. 
Option Z has nothing going on for Gonzo. It is Miss Piggy that has a thing for zaddies. You, you have such deep blue eyes. Yes, and you have bedroom eyes. <laughs> Let me see. Is that a toupee? <laughs> Who sang a duet of Rainbow Connection on The Muppet Show? The correct answer is A. Kermit and Debbie Harry from Blondie backstage at the show is the correct answer. For many, the song is truly about finding yourself and following your dreams. In the song, rainbows are a metaphor for desires, wishes, and for finding where you belong. These things are not illusions, but real tangible things and hide within them deep joy and contentment. At the end of the film, when Kermit builds his family of all his friends who believe in him and share his dream, a rainbow shines through the hole in the ceiling, showing that Kermit has finally found his rainbow connection and is exactly where he wanted to be. This feels like a good time to say thank you for listening to this podcast and affording me the pursuit to follow my dreams of entertaining you listening right now for a short while. Making this podcast for you has been a life-changing experience for me, and I've learned a lot about life, myself, and have made many new friends along the way. If finding your own personal rainbow connection means to feel you're exactly where you need to be, then being here with you now means that I have found it. Thanks so much for listening. But I'm not going to lie, I, I kind of wish the correct answer for this one was the Swedish chef and beaker singing Rainbow Connection. We move on to round three and have one of our listeners guest host the show to ask us some trivia questions. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Muppet Babies will return after these messages. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you would like to try your hand in guest hosting the next segment and share your trivia knowledge of the fun things of Generation X, send the judges an email at whowillsaygenx at gmail.com and let's talk about it. Or for faster results, just go to our website at whowillsaygenx.com and leave us a voicemail. Just tap on that blue microphone icon in the lower right part of your screen and leave us a message. It's free to use and your voice and trivia questions might be used on an upcoming episode. Look forward to hearing your voice on the show. Thanks. And now back to Muppet Baby. Round three. I'm the guy that normally asks the questions, but in this segment, we're going to turn things around and have one of our listeners ask the questions to see if I can do my part to save Generation X. Our special guest host this episode was on the third episode of the Challenging Stage. He had some bonus questions and the segment ran a little long, so we split it up into two shows. Please welcome back friend of the show, Darren. All right, let's move along to the wonderful, wonderful world of game shows. There is a legendary game show personality who hosted a 1982 unpurchased pilot episode of the arcade game competition show, which later ran for 123 episodes. This was an early host who did a pilot, but the pilot was not picked up. Name the host and name the show. Holy crap. 
Now, I will give you a multiple choice for the host. Yeah, I'll need multiple hosts for everything. There's a video okay. game competition show. I remember that existed, but I, I don't okay. know if I can come up with the name of it. That's a tough one. All right, your choices for the host. A, Pat Sajak. B, Alex Trebek. C, Bob Barker. Or D, Monty Hall. I'll go Pat Sajak. He's the youngest of that crew. So if they're going to have video games, it makes sense that he would be part of it. And that's not correct. <laughs> it was actually Alex Trebek. Oh. In between all of his other game shows, Alex Trebek's was not picked. The original original was actually Mike Ruzioni. You're getting obscure sports there. There was another brief host, but ultimately Jeff Edwards is the one who took over. And yeah, the name of the show, again, I think that this was only on in, in Southern California. I could be wrong about that, but it ran for 123 episodes where contestants played video games and the number of points that they played for arcade games ultimately got them a chance to win their own arcade game. Oh, what can a rad name, show. Can you name that show? I can't. I want to be on okay. that show, though. That's uh, the Reruns of it are all over YouTube. It's It was tremendous. And yeah, I think every kid growing up in the 80s wanted to be on that television show show they were ahead of the curve there they're early adopters of watching people play video games uh-huh. that's a great little bit to mention when you see these boomers say like i can't understand why someone would want to watch someone else play video games and it's like well we were doing that all the way back to generation x on a we tv were. show called kid video called starcade starcade i did know that name this is starcade tv's first video arcade game show starring your favorite video games Here's your host for Starcade, Jeff Edwards. All right. Speaking of Alex Trebek, we all know Alex Trebek hosted many, many game shows. Jeopardy, of course, being the most famous. Classic Concentration ran quite a while. But he definitely did have some not-so-successful game shows. Alex Trebek hosted a very short-lived game show where the theme song was later used for a very popular game show. The idea is, name that short-lived game show and name the game show that later used the theme, your clue was it shared the name of a Nickelodeon game show, a famous Nickelodeon. Double Dare. Double Dare. And they actually used the same theme. And your your clue for that one would be like many reincarnations of the game show. And it was one that was actually canceled uh, as late as April 1st of 2022. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could tell you that one. The only reason I got double there is because you said it was a game show from Nickelodeon. It's just a wild guess. I have no idea on this one, so I'll just guess um, Tic-Tac-Doe. And it's uh, Card Sharks. Oh, I remember Card Sharks, but I don't remember that theme, so you got me on that one. I don't know if this is going to be a a good one for you or not. Continuing the Three's Company theme, at the final episodes of Three's Company, Janet gets married to a man named Phil or Philip. Philip, the actor named David Ruprecht, went on to host a very, very famous Gen X game show. Can you name that game show? Oh, boy, this is killing me. Um, I know the name. Probably the funnest game show that anybody could ever be on. It was on Lifetime Television and then later PAX. 
supermarket sweep? Absolutely correct. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. Nice. David David Ruprecht married uh, Janet Wood on those final episodes of Three's Company, and yes, later went on to host Supermarket Sweep. And, the, uh, and for those of you who love Supermarket Sweep, if you have Samsung TV, there is a 24-hour Supermarket Sweep channel right now. <laughs> Absolutely, That's- I'm watching it. I am so, so addicted. Everything revolves around game shows or 80s sitcoms in one form or another, you know? <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the way that uh, that life has, the cards that we've been dealt now, yeah. now that we're we're closer to 50, everything, everything's still uh, relevant to the 80s, let's face it. I agree, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the hints of it being on Lifetime Channel was the one that got it for me. <laughs> what game shows Bill on Lifetime I- Channel? Yes, David Ruprecht is the one who who married Janet at the end. Nice. We'll jump ahead to the final question here. All right. Knowing you for all these years, we definitely have different tastes in music. But just to prove that I know a little bit more than just sports and game shows and sitcoms, I have a music slash literature question for you of bands to talk about. Was the very good, very depressing band of the 80s, The Cure? All right. The very Cure's, talented band, The Cure. Very talented. Absolutely. The Cure's controversial song, Killing an Arab, is based upon the end of part one of what very famous French existentialist novel. And if you know the chorus, you know the novel. And a bonus point if you can tell me the French existentialist author's name. I'm alive. I'm dead. And the answer is, I'm the stranger. That's absolutely correct. The Stranger. Nice. And can you name uh, the author of L'Etranger or The Stranger? Of course I can, but I just can't pronounce it because it's a French name and I don't speak French. So I guess I'm going to have to abstain from answering that one. But of course I know it. I mean, come on. What kind of of dummy you think I am? It's uh, Pepe Le Pew. That's the only French existentialist I know. Again, not not a huge, huge, huge uh, surprise. That was a tough bonus point. Albert Camus, or Al Camus, as uh, most people in America would call him. Al Camus. All right. Um, totaling points. It's probably better than uh, than either one of us did in high school. But B-level work and myself were strangers in high school, so I, I think I'm coming up in life. <laughs> nice. So, Darren, thanks so much for sitting in on this episode. Hope you had a good time doing it. Thanks. Absolutely. I'll next time I'll uh, do a little bit more multiple choice. I'll make things uh, not gettable for the host, let's say, <laughs> but maybe not as obscure. All right. All right. I'll be watching. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. The power struggle. The last segment of the challenging stage is to give answers to the power struggle from past shows. In episode number 29, Francisco versus PaulJPowers.com. PaulJPowers.com. We were lucky enough to have these two hosts of their Retro Rewind podcast show, a show I highly recommend if you enjoy podcasts about movie reviews from two great dudes. In our episode, we had a power struggle question and it sounded a little something like this. Smell the coffee, you fossil. (laughs) My mistake. I thought since you looked like Yoda, you were also wise. You Jackson? You look like a Jackson. That will make you Frank Dukes. No, no, no. It's Dukes. Gotcha. Like put up your Dukes, right? Uh
Okay, let's reveal the answers now. Clip one is the video game Excite Bike. Clip two was the 80s sitcom classic Golden Girls. Clip three was from the band Queen. The song was Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Clip four was the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Bloodsport. I love that one. And finally, clip five was the great Leslie Nielsen singing the national anthem in the movie The Naked Gun. The judges are telling me that we would also accept the name Enrico Palazzo for the singer of that song. We will reveal more Power Struggle answers on future episodes of The Challenging Stage. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We welcome you to contact us and let us know what you think about the show and this format. Your feedback is always appreciated. And thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to share it with that special Gen Xer in your life and subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. 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 Boo.